0: and welcome back to The Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, Zone Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and on Star Cable. Toll-free worldwide, 1-800-610-7035. My email address is exxon at X-Zone Radio TV dot com On MSN Messenger, Radio TV at hotmail.com our website, www.exoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour, Exonation, Nation, is Patricia McGivern. And Patricia is the author of Angel Babies, Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies. Patricia is also a lecturer on the topic of spirit communication with early lost babies. She is a certified hypnotist in private practice in the Tampa Bay area of Florida since 1998 and specializes in helping parents to connect with their lost children and past life regression. She has established a new field of research into spirit connection and with miscarried and other early lost babies. Patricia graduated from the University of South Florida with a degree in mass communication in 1976. After nearly 20 years in corporate settings, She became a stay-at-home mom after the birth of her second daughter, Megan. Patricia's miscarriage propelled her on a spiritual quest exonation. And five years later, she became a hypnotist with a strong interest in spiritual work via past life regression and helping mothers communicate with their own lost babies. Joining me now from Tampa Bay, Florida, is Patricia, Patricia McGivern is her name, and she's the author of Angel Babies, Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies. Patricia, welcome to the X-Zone.
3: Oh, thank you, Rob. It's so good to be here. It's
0: great having you with us. Um, you and I were chatting briefly before we went on air, and and you you had no, no hesitations in telling me that at one time you were a skeptic.
3: <laughs> That's right. That's right. It took me a long time before I uh, believed that everything that was happening could be possible. Um, Sometimes in the moment when it happened, there was clarity, like there was a knowing that it was true. Mm -hmm. But then as I would step back from it in my conscious mind, I would try to rationalize what had just happened. Uh, It would be about four and a half years before I would really step into grasping everything that had happened and believing it.
1: All
0: right, Patricia, you and I have to take a two-minute commercial break. We'll be right back, and when we come back, ExoNation, we're going to get right into the, the topic at hand, the book that Patricia has written, Angel Babies, Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies. Her website, com, and that's P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A, M-C-G-I-V-E-R-N dot com. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is The Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard, Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, live and around the world from our studios here in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We'll be back in two minutes. Don't go away. This product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. Dot com She's the author of Angel Babies: Messages from Miscarried and other Lost Babies. And when you know when did you start hearing from your your own miscarried uh, baby?
3: Well, I certainly wasn't expecting it. Mm. I was uh, taking a nap one afternoon uh, when my three year old Megan, uh, who came after the miscarriage, uh, was upstairs asleep, and it was one of those rare afternoons. And as I was waking up in that in-between state where, you know, you're not fully awake and you're not alert yet, but Mm -hmm. you know you're not sleeping, I heard right next to me, I'm right here. I'm right here. And my eyes popped open thinking Megan had gotten up early from her nap and kind of worried about a three-year-old running around in the house with me sleeping, only to find that she wasn't in the room. And, in fact, she wasn't anywhere downstairs And I tried to make sense of it, like, you know, how can that be? I know I heard a voice. Uh, TV's not on. Radio's not on. No neighbors. And as I'm looking downstairs for her and trying to come up with a rational, you know, explanation of what I heard, uh, an answer came to me in my mind is the best way to say it, that said, you'll find Megan upstairs asleep. And with that, the hair on the back of my neck went up. And I went running upstairs only to find her in a very deep sleep in her little pink princess bed. And was trying to once again process making sense of what I'd heard. I knew what I heard. I knew I wasn't asleep. Mm-hmm. It was very clear, very insistent. Almost a bit irritated. I'd just open your eyes and you'll see me. And it would be and then you know in trying to make sense of that uh the answer came in my mind again that it did not originate from me and the answer was it was the baby you lost and with that every hair on my body stood on end and i was just like what (laughs) you know and i i went running down the hall to my bedroom and just ask the baby to present itself as though if I could hear the baby, yeah. I didn't even, you know, screen it to think, you know, what I was saying was crazy. But <laughs> could I see the baby? Uh, nothing happened. But And it would be years later before I would really put together that Megan could have never said, I'm right here, because she couldn't say her R's. And it would have sounded like, I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> so that is how it began. And I told my husband about this and he was like amazed of course but you know unless you experience it yourself I kept playing over it had been four and a half years since the loss of the baby so long after the grieving state long after a time when I was really thinking about Mm -hmm. the baby on a regular basis because after that baby I had another baby Megan who was three years old so that's how it began
0: Had you've heard from the baby again?
3: Yes, yes. After, in fact, that evening when I was sleeping, Mm -hmm. I heard Mommy, and I woke up and uh, expected one of my—I have an older daughter, too, Kylie, and I expected to see one of the two daughters in the bedroom, and they weren't there. And as I walked through my closed bedroom door, Mm -hmm. I realized it couldn't have been either one of them. They would never have closed the door and walked down the hall to their closed bedroom door and just said mommy's here do you need me and i knew then that it was the baby's voice i heard about uh, a week later i went to get a massage and as i began to be massaged this this person was metaphysical at a time when i thought metaphysical was kind of weird Like who who comes to these places with these stones and these books and what's all of this about? And yet I felt so so drawn to there, without understanding why. And as she began, Marianne Lane was her is her name. Uh, she's a massage therapist. So she began massaging me. She said, "He's here." And I said, "Who's here?" And I started covering up, thinking it was a delivery guy or something. And she said, "The baby you lost." And with that, you know, my eyes, of course, were looking to where she was looking through an open door, but I couldn't see anything. And I thought, what? I said, describe him to me, please. And she began to describe a very blonde-haired, toe-headed little boy with big blue eyes. She had never seen either of my children or even pictures of them. Mm -hmm. uh, But what she didn't know, and I have very dark hair, was that my children have very blonde hair and big blue eyes. So, in fact, I thought, wow, that's pretty good. Uh, Then she, I said, how old is he? And she said, well, I'm not good at ages, but he looks to be about four. And that's exactly how old he would have been had he been born.
0: Now, did she have any prior knowledge of your miscarriage?
3: My memory is that as she said, how are you doing today? Mm -hmm. I said, I've been thinking a lot about the baby I lost. Okay. But if you were to ask her, she said she never heard that comment. And so she was very surprised when she saw uh, my child because she didn't normally see things. She had seen her, her guide before, and she had a, a picture of a Native American. And, right. and I was you know fascinated that she may have seen something like this. But this was very unusual for her as well, but very clear to her.
0: Was she be able? Was she able to to tell you why your your child had decided to come back and and start communicating with you at this point in time?
3: Well, actually, um, I had wondered for a long time if it, the baby was a boy or a girl. I had always felt that the baby was a boy, and my mm-hmm. husband had felt just as strongly it was a girl. So we had never actually named the baby as some people do. Yes. Uh, and so I had when once I heard the voice. I'm right here, and then mommy. I mm-hmm. was going through my things and thinking, you know, what was this baby a boy or a girl? And so when the baby appeared to her as a the four-year-old, he said, "My mommy wants to know what sex I am." And so she said, "Yes, it's a boy." <laughs> and I learned his name. and, and while he was standing there, he, she said. He has a little bear in a, one of those little red, uh, like, trucks that little kids have, mm-hmm. and wagons. And I said, please describe the bear to me, because a week or so earlier, I had been in a craft store, and I had been drawn to this unique-looking little bear and that it wasn't furry. It was kind of antique-looking. And I bought this bear for me, Rob, not for my two little children that I had who would have loved yet another stuffed animal, but I was a little embarrassed, like, why am I buying this bear? When she described the bear, it was the bear that I had purchased. Unreal. So, yeah, with that, I. Uh, it, this, that's when the story began. That experience was so um, startling to me that when I went back to see Marianne two months later, I had completely forgotten the experience. I don't know how something like that can happen because it was so profound and so amazing. But when I went home to tell my husband, you know, this incredible story, he didn't respond to me, and I think I interpreted that as, yeah, that Couldn't possibly happen. And so something inside of me, I guess, I don't know how to explain it. All I know is when I went back and she began asking me what my husband Tim thought of my massage session, I thought, did I enjoy it? Did I have a good massage? And she just looked at me and she said, did I talk to your dead baby? And with that, it began rushing back to me, but I couldn't remember his name. And so as she began to massage me again, She said, it's Dylan. And I said, how in the world did you ever remember his name? You've got an incredible memory. And she said, well, I didn't remember. He's back, and he's not too happy that you forgot his name. With that, I just began talking to him mentally, hoping he could hear me, telling him I would never forget again. It was during that time that he was communicating to Marianne. He told me that one of my life's missions was to write a book titled, Angel Babies, to help heal the mommies who've lost their babies. Now, as profound as that was, my reaction at the time was, what? Wrong mommy, wrong life mission. Mm -hmm. I'm not a writer. What do I know about babies on the other side, and what will people think? They're going to think I'm crazy, is what they're going to think. So, I really didn't step into that mission for years,
0: but you did,
3: but I finally did because I turned out that Dylan was a very was a very persistent soul, and he continued finding ways to communicate to me, either I would hear him, there were times i I sensed uh his presence mm-hmm. i I was napping one day after after being outside, and I was sure it was her little body that had come and sat on the bed next to me and opened my eyes, and uh, there was no one there, and yet I could sense someone being there. It's that feeling like if you're ever in a crowd and you feel like someone's behind you and you turn around and they are, you know, you don't see them, but you just sense that. It was was like that.
0: That, I'm sorry. No, I was... was, This... uh... It's, it's a fascinating story, but I've got to take a commercial break with the news. I can't push it back, so please stand by. Patricia McGivern's our special guest this hour. Explanation: we're talking about angel babies, messages from miscarried and other lost babies. For more information about Patricia, visit her website, www.patriciamcgivern.com. That's P-A-T-R-I-C-I-A-M-C-G-I-V-E-R-N.com. And we'll be back on the other side of the news talking more about angel babies, messages from miscarried and other lost babies. And once again, her website is www.patriciamcgivern.com. My name's Rob McConnell, and this is The Exxon. And we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and on Star Cable. Don't go away.
1: For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
0: Hi, everyone. Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. Steam this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. Patricia McGivern is our special guest this hour, Explanation: She's the author of Angel Babies, Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies. Her website is www.patriciamcgivern.com. And you can get a copy of Angel Babies, Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies, at amazon.com all right so you've been prompted you've been led to you've been basically haunted and that's not the right word here but uh, how 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 would we say it you were you you've been totally pushed to writing this book
3: yes that is so true um it would be th- this mission was so big for me to accept Rob, and I mm-hmm. had no confidence in being able to write about it, like what would I write about? What did I know uh and I but what I did do was I began to read everything I could on near death experiences and angels and mm-hmm. reincarnation and past life regression and I had this thirst for knowledge, and it really resonated with me. It felt like finally I was hearing the truth, so to speak. And uh, that began, I began going to psychics and asking basically for confirmation about this crazy life mission he wanted me to do, uh, and got incredible readings from, from uh, psychics, but again, wasn't completely ready to hear everything that they were saying until finally, years later, and many things happening. I, uh, I was in a bookstore, and I had thought maybe I could write a book about the loss, the feelings of loss with the miscarried baby, mm-hmm. because nobody was talking about the miscarried or other early lost babies, and there weren't any books out there, and it was not discussed. And so I thought, maybe I could write about that. But those people who wanted to have a baby and who lost a baby through miscarriage or early loss, there was a deep sense of loss for those people. And I was in a bookstore one day and coincidentally uh, walked down an aisle that had to do with babies and pregnancy, and there on the shelf was a book about many women's stories of loss and the pain and My first thought when I saw that, raw was, whew, didn't have to do that. By then, I realized that that maybe it had gone out into the universe and that energy and somebody else had picked up on it, and I didn't have to do that. That wasn't going to be my life's purpose after all. But what surprised me was the feeling that came right after that, and I felt a great sense that I had missed an opportunity for my soul's growth. And with that, I realized that wasn't the book I was supposed to write. The book I was supposed to write had to do with talking about spirit communication with early lost babies. And between that and then in meditation one day, seeing Dylan uh, standing through a door was the first time I had seen him with his head down and his shoulders shrugged. He just said, it's okay, Mommy. You don't have to write the book. And with that... It was that mother thing that kicked in. Like, yes, I will do this. I will do it for you. If it's the only thing I can do for you, this is what I'll do. But as it turned out, the gift has really been for me. And hopefully for all of the other uh, women, dads as well, and loved ones who have loved and lost a baby, to know that this communication is possible, that it does happen. And there are... People throughout the world. This isn't unique to me, and you don't have to even believe in this uh, for it to happen. When I stepped into the mission, I knew that I would. There had to be others out there in the world who were having these experiences. But if people weren't even talking about their miscarriages, how would they ever speak about something like this? Yeah. And so. I put some ads in some magazines like the Edgar Casey uh, publication, Venture mm-hmm. N Word, and uh, Mothering Magazine, asking for people who had had experiences. And I began hearing from people all over the world, Rob, from Australia to Switzerland to South America to Canada to uh, throughout the United States with different, you know, socioeconomic levels, varying education levels. Uh, even belief levels. One woman stated quite clearly she was atheist, and yet these things had happened to her. And the communication. When I, of course, I I knew I would have to have a web or a uh, email address, and of course I thought angel babies. Mm-hmm. When I submitted it to AOL, it came back with all these numbers attached to it: ten five twenty seven. I thought I must be the ten thousand five hundred twenty seventh person only to discover as time went on and i began to hear people talk about numbers and the numbers in their lives i looked at those numbers again and i realized 105 was the day i miscarried the baby and 27 is the day i discovered that i was pregnant with the baby so the numbers had great meaning indeed and that's how <laughs> I, was... <laughs> I know it was like a teletype from heaven wow. you know <laughs> And any time I would get uh, a little discouraged, I would hear from another parent. And I began hearing from mostly mothers, I will say. There were several fathers who wrote in. uh, And there was one grandchild uh, who wrote in about her grandmother having a vision, uh, seeing a little girl swinging on a swing and waving goodbye to her as she got coffee one morning. And she knew with that it was the little girl that she was pregnant with. And later that afternoon, she miscarried. So sometimes the babies come in dreams. If they come before a loss, it could be to, you know, tell a parent kind of to prepare them for what's about to happen, to say goodbye. And uh, if the if the communication comes afterwards, predominantly it's it's just to, to let them know that they're okay, that they're still you know with them. Mm-hmm. And the communication can come in so many ways, whether it's through the dream state or through talking to a psychic medium or visions like I just mentioned. Another uh, parent wrote in a a near-death experience of her daughter who uh, uh, was drowned basically for a few moments. And when she came back, she talked about a brother, knew his name, and the parents had never talked about a brother that they had lost before they had had her, and yet she knew all about this brother and what he looked like and what his name was and that he would watch over her. Uh, the babies come in meditation. You know, anytime you know, when we have that, that veil drawn back a little bit, over the years with all of the reading, I then, you know, began to, Uh, be interested in past life regression had those experiences and wanted to be a guide so in fact I became a hypnotist specializing in past life regression and trained with Dr. Brian Wise author of Many Lives, Many Masters and have been doing that for 12 years now
0: Where does past life regression fit into your into the um, angel baby scenario?
3: Well as it turns out, the baby coming back to me was my father. And when I first found out I was pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, with the midwife and I found and I heard the, the due date. It was very close to my dad's birthday and my first uncensored thought and this was before I believed in any of this, so I gotta, you know, like erase everything and go back to this is somebody who who wasn't into all of this. My first uncensored thought was that the baby would come on my dad's birthday because the baby was my dad returning to me. And with that, it was kind of like, like, who had that thought? Where did that come from? What is that about? Uh, And in fact, you know, I think the soul knows. It's like things happened while I was pregnant telling me, preparing me that the baby would not come. And I think that was the voice of my soul knowing what was going to happen. My dad, as the baby Dylan, decided not to come, I learned, because the gift was in him not coming, because in him not coming, it would propel me on this spiritual journey. Now I have goosebumps, so that I could not only help myself, but so that I could help many, many other people out there who have had this experience.
0: Doing what you do, having written your book, when, when people come to you for comfort, for communication, for the past life, how do you deal with them? How do, how do you keep it separate from your own? How do you draw that line?
3: Keep it separate in what way?
0: Well, you know, I'm sure you don't get attached to every case that, that you work on because it would mm-hmm. just be physically, emotionally and psychological draining to you. So, so what do you do to draw that line where you don't get personally involved with each case you work on?
3: Mm-hmm. I always just feel that the, that the mothers who come to me, it's usually the mothers, mm-hmm. I will say, but they come to me You know, it's like they're drawn to me, and I know that I'm going to be able to help them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. You know how that whole energy thing works now. And um, I just, I always ask for it. I do feel that Dylan is instrumental, and because I have been told by him uh, that he would bring the mothers of the babies to me that he has met on the other side. what I've got again, so that they could heal And so I do feel uh, a personal attachment to the babies as they come. Uh, In one of my meditations, uh, I saw Dylan, and then I saw these little wisps of light. I don't know how else to describe them, and there were many of them, and they started coming closer to me. and And I, you know, asked him, what are these? And I was told that these are the lost babies, and they've come to thank you for giving them a voice so that is what my soul's goal is now and my life mission is to give those babies a voice and they just want the parents to know that they're still with them and that they aren't gone that they're okay on the other side and this is what I continue to hear either through emails from people or in sessions with me
0: now, do you communicate with the with the loss with the with the with the babies or the baby angels directly, or how does it work?
1: Well,
3: whenever we're in it, hypnosis, is a very natural state that we go in and out of throughout the day. If they called hypnosis snuggly and not hypnosis, everybody would be running for it. Because there's so many myths and misconceptions about what it is. But it's a very natural state that we go in and out of throughout the day. Like I realize now that state that I was in, that in-between state as we're waking up from a nap, mm-hmm. it's it's like the veil is pulled back a bit. We can even go into a light state of hypnosis if you've ever driven somewhere and you get there and you're like, whoa, who's sure. driving the it's, car? It's called highway That's
0: hypnosis. A,
3: yeah. That's actually a light state uh, of hypnosis as well. And so when you're in this state, uh, you can talk to the other side, and the babies have come. Uh, I've done healing for those women who've had a hard time grieving the loss as well as uh, women who've had abortions. And uh, when those babies come, there's no anger. It's, I forgive you but I don't need to. This isn't anything I say to the mothers. This is what they hear from the babies. I just put them in a place where they can talk to the babies. Ask them anything you want. You know, listen for their answer. They will tell you. And this is what I continue to hear.
0: Do they only contact the mother, Uh, like... You said that it's mostly mothers, but who else requires well, or requests the yeah. the contact yeah. with the with the baby?
3: the The mothers, of course, are are the majority of the people, but yes, there are dads who are affected just as deeply, and mm-hmm. my husband wants to be sure that I continue to mention the dads because they are affected as well. Anybody who's affected, sometimes the messages come from neighbors even. Um, it, it can be any whoever is open may be able to send a message to the parent when we're in deep grief it's very hard for them to communicate with us but perhaps that's why it was four and a half years before i heard Mm -hmm. from from my baby Uh, but when we are open to these things and now what i'm sharing with people is you know really even if you aren't open i've had people who've read my book who weren't necessarily open but were asked to read the book by a friend of theirs who have said afterwards, I believe. And in that, in reading not just my story, but all of these women's stories and that clearly are from, you know, all different backgrounds, it's they validate one another and when you hear that it begins to open something within you so that even in just reading the book it opens a portal, I think for the communication to happen. And that can be through coincidences,
0: Rob. All right, Something stand to... by. You and I have to take our final break for this okay. hour. Exonation. Patricia McGivern is our special guest. She's the author of Angel Babies, Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies. It's available at Amazon.com. And for more information on Patricia, visit her website at www.patriciamcgivern.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, here in the Exxon with your truly, Rob McConnell. do go away. We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
1: This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media. Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
2: Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? Why are crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere? Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud? Or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True... Visit www.xzbn.net. Dreams are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder, Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops Exo
0: Nation, Patricia McGivern our special guest this hour. Now, Patricia is the author of Angel Babies, Messages from Miscarried and Other Lost Babies. It's available at Amazon.com. And Patricia's website is www.patriciamcgivern.com. Patricia, how has the communication with you and your angel baby changed your life and the life of your family?
3: Hmm. Well... It has certainly changed the direction of my life uh, because now my mission is to to talk to everyone who will listen Mm -hmm. about this, and my family is very supportive of it.
0: If somebody has lost a baby, Uh what words of comfort do you have for them?
3: Well in the words of dylan i would say they're right here they're right here all you have to do is whisper their name or just knowing of the baby even if they weren't named and know that they are with you sometimes these babies come back in the next baby in terms of reincarnation sometimes they don't come because a situation in the person's life has changed or in one case, uh, a woman wrote to me from Puerto Rico, and the baby had warned her in a dream that she would not be coming. And one month later, the woman's husband passed away. So there, I think what we need to know as mothers is that as much as we think we may be responsible for the loss, we are not, and that it is the soul's choice, the baby's choice as to if it's a good time to come or not. And if it's not, they can come back.
0: It's, it, it's, it's a very... How can I best explain this? It, it seems as if it's very fringe, this, to, this topic of communicating with babies who have passed. How do you deal with skepticism?
3: I'm doing at this point is sharing my experience and those experiences of the other women who've mm-hmm. written me and who come to my office and take what you like and leave the rest. You know, if it right. resonates with you, great. Um, that's all I'm doing is sharing my experience. And if, if somebody can, can gain some comfort from that,
1: Fantastic.
0: What are the theological implications of communicating with a baby who is passed before it even came to full term?
3: I'm not sure. I haven't had anyone talk to me about that. Uh, I think what we need to remember is that on a soul level, you know, each of us choose when we come into this life and that we're coming in with missions of our, of our own, whether we know what they are or not on mm-hmm. a conscious level of what it is we want to learn in this lifetime. Sometimes the theme is abandonment, and so we have experiences of being abandoned so that we have an opportunity to learn from the abandonment.
0: Hey, Patricia, I hate to do this, but we've just run out of time for tonight. I want to thank you so much for joining us here in the x Zone. Uh, I wish you much success. I love what you're doing. Mm, thank and you, uh, Keep in touch. Sure will. All right. Patricia McGivern has been my guest this hour. Her website is www.patriciamcgivern.com. We'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the hour as the exome continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. We'll be back. Don't go away.